This episode is sponsored by author and dating coach Michelle Russo of the Dime series. Listen to Michelle's podcast, Love Lies, on iTunes and check her out at thedimeseries.com. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to the show. This is going to be another Dear Cara episode filled with all of your burning questions, and I am so excited to do this. Um, Just wanted to give a little quick update and say thank you so much for all of your support with my vintage jewelry line that I launched two weeks ago. So I was initially calling it the Champagne Diet Vintage, and we just changed the name. So I'm now calling it Dagmar Rose Vintage. And I posted this on social media, but I wanted to let you guys know Um, what the name change really means and what the idea behind it was because it's really, really special to me. So as I mentioned in the last episode, this whole idea to start this vintage collection was really inspired by my grandmother and my grandmother's name was Dagmar and my great-grandmother's name was Rose and I was going back and forth with ideas for the name and that just like popped in my head. Dagmar Rose came to me. I thought it sounded so beautiful and so feminine and so dainty and it really just you know, it kind of like pulled together the whole entire vibe of what I see myself doing with this brand and where it's going. And it really is representative of all of the pieces that I've been curating. If you've checked it out, you can look at everything at dagmarrosevintage.com. My Instagram is also at dagmarrosevintage. You'll see that everything that I have picked out is so intentionally girly and beautiful. I have a lot of crystal brooches and pearl necklaces and gold and it's just been so much fun to have this little side hustle passion project Um, I shouldn't even really call it a side hustle because the sales have been crazy and I want to thank you guys for that it has become a major success in just a couple of weeks and I could not be more thrilled I remember thinking when I started well you know if I sell a necklace or two it whatever it's fun I don't, you know, have to do this forever. This is just a little thing that I'm kind of dipping my toes into. And it has like really like taken off. And I, I'm just like, I keep saying I'm so grateful. And I love that you guys love it. So I love your feedback. If you have anything that you are really feeling or that you love that you would like me to keep an eye out for as I source these things, send me a DM, send me an email. Um, If you DM me under the Dagmar Rose Vintage Um, Instagram, I'll probably see that one quicker because it's a much smaller account (laughs) than the one that I have now. And on the Champagne Diet page, some things tend to get a little bit buried. So I don't always see everything. But if you're like, hey, Kara, more gold necklaces or more crystal brooches, that would be amazing. My goal and vision for this is to not just randomly buy things and post them on my site, but to you know, really cultivate relationships with my customers and have return buyers and have women come to me and say, I have a wedding to go to, or it's my birthday, or I really want to treat myself to something for Valentine's Day. This is what I love. What can you find me? And then me, you know, be able to show them something that I picked for them and that I, you know, found for them that reminded me of them. Or I just, I have such a vision for it. I have an idea to do all these trunk shows, like starting in New York City. Definitely going to be working on that in the spring. I would love to do a pop-up event at like a location here in New York. So stay tuned. Lots of fun stuff to come on that. But I really just wanted to give you a quick update on the name. And also, thank you for all of your support. Okay, so let's dig into the Dear Cara episode. I have been collecting your questions in my Facebook group, and I'm loving the interaction, and I'm loving, actually, I want to say one thing. 
As I post these questions and I see the responses, I love it when you guys jump in and encourage each other. It just makes me feel so good. Somebody will post a question for me and someone will jump in and, you know, offer really loving advice. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing to witness. And I'm so grateful for our community, Slay Baby, which is my Facebook group. So let's dive in. Question number one. This question comes from Mary and she says, how do you stay motivated, especially working for yourself? There are certain times of the month when all you want to do is cry and mentally it's hard to push myself sometimes. Mary, I feel you. I think everyone listening right now feels you on this. It is really challenging to push yourself, especially during your period. (laughs) So guys, if this conversation is not fun for you, cover your ears. But we're going to just get into it because I read something years ago and this changed my life when it comes to our cycle and the way that we feel and the hormonal changes that we go through. So when you actually have your period, that's when you are feeling your lowest. So out of the entire month, that's when you are depleted, exhausted, drained, bloated. You're not feeling pretty. You are feeling like a hot mess expressed. And that is the time of month when you should give yourself the most grace and you should listen to your body and you should slow down, take a nap, you know, nourish yourself, take a hot bath, do all the things you need to do to essentially just restore yourself and get ready for the next phase. So the week following your period is when you start to feel better. And that's when your hormones start to rise and all the good hormones start to rise and you start to feel like your mood is shifting, you're feeling less bloated, you're feeling good. The following week after that is what I call like the magic week. That is the week when you are ovulating. So that usually happens, I think it's between, um, I think it's like 12 to 14 days after your period. Again, I could be a little bit off in the dates. You can Google this stuff. It's all out there. It's, it's you know information that's on a lot of websites and there's research that backs this up and doctors have studied this. The week that you're ovulating is when you feel your absolute best. You actually do physically look prettier. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but your face actually starts to change a little bit during ovulation. Your your, um, cheekbones may look a little bit like slimmer and your eyes look wider and, and it's just crazy. You can look this stuff up. It's insane. When I read it, I was like, oh my God, this is not in my head because I feel the prettiest. And there is a biological reason for that. It's because that is the time of month when you can get pregnant. So you are, your body is changing, your mood is changing, everything is elevated because you are supposed to be attracting a mate to impregnate you. So along with all of that, your creativity levels start to rise and you start to feel really good and you start to feel inspired and you have energy and you feel unstoppable. So that is the week to really hone in on your big projects and get out there and go to meetings and go to events and feel really on. You guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I actually plan my travel if I can around that time period because that's when I feel my best. So if I'm going to try to do a meetup or a book signing or even just take a vacation, it's going to be then. It is not going to be the week before my period, which is what comes next after that beautiful, pretty ovulation week where you're writing books and (laughs) novels and, you know, creating and taking new photos and doing all that fun stuff. PMS week is, we all know what that's like. It's misery. It's moodiness and irritability and bitchiness and a little bit of sluggishness. So that's the week that I tend to kind of take it down a notch, start to go inward, give myself what I need and listen to my body. So 
again, this is such a personal thing because everyone feels different during this, you know, during their cycle. But those kind of key dates are really important to keep in mind. So Mary, my advice to you is just to listen to your body, to give it what it needs. Don't force yourself to push through when you're not in the mood because when you create things from that place of like, irritable negative energy, nothing good is going to come out of that. The work that you produce is not going to be the best work because you're going to just, it's not going to come from a good place. So everything is energy. Allow yourself to just pause, do kind of like the administrative work or the shit where you don't really have to put yourself out there or be creative. Just do the stuff that like the bare minimum that you need to get done and then get ready for the week or two after your period and like kind of plan all of your like fun stuff for then and your creative stuff for that. Okay, Ashley has a really good question. You guys, this is powerful, so listen up. I love that she asked this question because I love to talk about this topic. We are all informed, educated women. I think we all kind of know what's been going on in the world lately, as positive as we can be and as much as we can be in our champagne bubble. Like, shit is a little crazy right now in the world, and there's a lot of uncertainty, and there's just a lot going on. So Ashley said... I like what you said about getting your news through a good old-fashioned newspaper, but a part of my job requires that I be informed on trends and issues that impact predominantly women. I have several Google alerts set up that keep me in the loop. Lately, the national context in the U.S. has been rough, and I'm having a hard time setting energetic boundaries and finding peace while my heart is hurting for so many of my sisters, and especially for my students. I educate on a college campus about gender and run a women's center. How do you balance being an informed citizen with guarding your heart? How can I maintain my joy and sparkle in the context of the pain I witness daily? I want to show up as informed and empathetic, but also have a joyful heart. As an empath who feels deeply, this is an ongoing challenge for me. So Ashley, I completely relate to you in being an empath. I mean, I cry at like anything. (laughs) I see like a homeless dog. I'm like bursting into tears on the street and trying to rescue it, let alone seeing people in pain. It's, It's really, really tough. But this is something that my mom once told me, and this really stayed with me and made me feel good and made me feel hopeful. When everything, you know, kind of started getting a little bit, um, you know, crazy in this world over the past few years and very divisive and there was a lot of anger and, and, you know, frustration and confusion, especially like in the news and especially on social media, I remember saying something to my mom like, oh my God, like things are so bad right now. Like how did it get to this point? And she completely agreed with me and she said, but Kara, things have always been bad. There have been so many times in this world where you know, there's been horrible tragedies and, you know, just really crazy things that have gone on and unfairness and, you know, just things that have not been ideal. But at the same time, there's always been positive things. There have always been, you know, silver linings. There have always been things that have happened that are good. So the point of that is that we've gotten through all those challenging times in the past and we're going to get through these challenging times. And I always look to look like to look at myself as a lighthouse for women and you know again being informed and realizing there are some things that are scary but the best thing that we can do is focus on being our best selves. And I think Ashley for you especially as an educator on a college campus, these girls are looking up to you. They need you to be strong. They need you to be out there fighting for them and staying positive for them, right? There's a lot of stuff we can't control. And that's something else that I remind myself of all the time. 
we can control certain things using our voice, right? Using our getting out and voting and, you know, using our voice and sharing things with people. But there are just a lot of things that we just cannot control. So for that stuff, I try to just remind myself of that. And I remind myself that I can just be the best person I can be. And I need to show up in the world and just continue to spread light, continue to spread love and be there for someone that doesn't have anyone else in their life right now who is being a positive light. Be there for the girl who really does not know how she's going to get through the next day and doesn't have support and is confused and doesn't have answers. Just be strong for her if you can't be strong for yourself. Before we continue with your questions, I want to take a moment and thank our fabulous sponsor, Michelle Russo. If you're ready to celebrate the single life, you've got to check out today's sponsor, Michelle Russo of the Dime Series. You guys, she is a former NFL cheerleader turned author, dating coach, and podcaster. Michelle has coined herself as the sideline reporter of the modern dating world, bringing you the play-by-play exactly as she sees it. If you think you've seen it all in the dating world, think again. In Michelle's upcoming book, Suddenly Single, Modern Tales of Fairy Fails, she will leave you laughing hysterically at some of her most horrific dating encounters, all while inspiring you to learn to not take your dating fails so seriously. Laughing through your pain is the best part. In her recently launched podcast, Love Lies, Michelle dives in even deeper, sharing the most valuable lesson she gained from being single, that love lies within. Don't you just love that title, Love Lies? I totally didn't realize that until I read this for you guys, and I think that that is so cool. Anyway, call your girlfriends, make it a night out, celebrate who you are no matter where you are in this journey. And as a special offer to our listeners, Michelle is offering her Celebrate Single Coaching Sessions for just $59. So head over to thedimeseries.com to learn more, and I'm going to link all of this in the show notes for you guys. Okay, so Rachel wants to know, Rachel has two questions. (laughs) The first is around automation. Rachel says, I've read your blog about routine, which isn't getting up at 5 a.m. and doing yoga, etc., which was what I needed to hear the day that I read it. But is there anything that you're doing for automation? Do you have a PA? If so, what jobs do you give them? Or what apps are you using to make life easier with posting? What are the jobs you hate that you're outsourcing, basically? And the second question is about writing. She wants to know how I plan or map out characters in my book. Do you just wing it or there is there a format you have? Is it possible? Can you share it? Okay. So I'm going to break that question up. I'm going to answer the first one. Automation, delegation, all that fun stuff. So Rachel, I am a self, um, self, what's the word that I'm looking for? I can't delegate shit. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. I really am working on this. It's something I need to start doing. I get a little bit of help here and there on a project basis. So I do have a VA who helps me with some stuff. Um, I do have my husband who helps me with a lot of things. He helps me a lot with the Shopify store. So, you know, when I do a big like apparel order, he does like a lot of the shipping for that. But it's really difficult for me to delegate my work. So I wind up doing most of it myself. So when you guys see everything, like especially my social media, that is all me. I do not believe in automating posts. And I'm going to tell you why. I've said this before, but I will say it again. I believe there is an energy that comes across social media and it comes across through our posts. So if you have something set to automation and you have it just banging out posts like every four hours, every single day, 
And there's no energy behind that. There's no intention behind that. There's no you on the other end of your phone, you know, typing away with passion. It comes across, I think. I mean, that's my opinion. For me, especially in my business, I talk to you guys in real time. So whatever you see me posting is in real time. I am posting it that day. Once in a blue moon, I will recycle a quote because I'm feeling that quote that day. And I can't say it any better than maybe I said it six months ago. So you'll see me post it. But there is zero animation and there is zero assistance on the social media. I believe social media is so much about community building. So I would never have anybody else run mine. Again, personal opinion, maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I like to respond to my DMs and my comments myself. I would not want somebody else posing as me responding to my readers. I just wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. So again, everyone is different, but that's my personal opinion on it. Um, When it comes to book writing, so I don't have characters in my book. I haven't written any fiction yet, but when it comes to planning my writing, I think I've done a couple of podcasts on this. You can definitely scroll back in the archives if you want a dedicated episode for book writing technique and style. But I will tell you the best tip I can give you for writing is creating an outline. So before you write a book, make sure that you have an outline and make sure that you're theming out your chapters. So I think I like to think of my chapters as blog posts because that's a lot easier for me to wrap my brain around. The second I start thinking that I have to write, you know, a 60,000 word manual, I just want to like run for the hills and just crack open a bottle of champagne and hide forever. <laughs> it's just way too overwhelming for me. So I love to think of my chapters as blog titles. I think of themes. I think of things that I want to talk about and I lay it out and I call that the bones of my book. So when it comes to fiction writing, that's a whole other world, but just Google it, honestly. I mean, that's like what I do for everything that I need to learn about. I just Google it. So I would get involved with some writing groups, maybe on Facebook, um, find a book on writing, you know, go on Amazon, fiction writing for dummies. I'm sure it's out there and just do your research. Okay, this next question comes from Tina. Tina says, hi, Kara. Firstly, thank you for letting me be a part of this group. And Tina's talking about Slay Baby. So you're welcome, Tina, and all my Slay Babies. Um, She says, I'm single and an only parent for my kids working a full-time eight-to-four job, which honestly, I don't love at all, but I'm grateful for because it keeps us secure. My passion is all things fitness, motivation, and empowering women. My side hustle is helping women achieve their fitness goals through social media. I have an online community where I'm not charging anything. I'm not part of an MLM, so there's no selling. My question is, how do I get over the fear of being able to take the leap? I'm scared AF as I'm the breadwinner, but I've reached the stage where going to work has become very demotivating and bringing tears to my eyes every single day. I remember that feeling, Tina. It sucks. She says, well, I'm hoping not to sound negative. I don't have a network of friends locally or anything as I'm either working or managing the kids and then I'm writing challenges for the women in my group. Any suggestions? Thank you and much love. Okay, Tina, the side hustle is an art in and of itself. I did it for many, many years. I know a lot of you guys are doing it too. So here's the thing when it comes to side hustling and making the transition. I am a huge fan of leaving a job that you hate to go and build your dream life and run your dream career and have your dream job and do all those things. But you cannot do it if you don't know that you can make money doing it. So what I would suggest is figuring out a way to make money off of this and start bringing in some revenue. And I'm not sure, Tina, if you are. I think you said no because you said that you're not um, 
you know, you're not charging for the group, you're not part of an MLM. So you got to think about how to start charging for this stuff. Can you offer coaching sessions? Can you do a group coaching workshop? Can you write an ebook? Can you do an online course? Um, you know, think about how you're going to make money doing this if you haven't already, because without that plan in place, it's going to be impossible for you to move over. When you do have that plan in place and you are bringing in some revenue, you need to sit down and look at your finances and ask yourself, what do I need to make each month to be able to pay my bills? So for me, when I was leaving MTV, I was making a pretty hefty salary. I was making six figures at MTV, I was making about a hundred grand a year. And it seemed impossible for me to make that money coaching and, and writing books. It just felt impossible. And that was a limiting belief. That was a complete, total bullshit story that I was telling myself. It was not impossible because I did it and I actually tripled that, like by my second year out of, you know, into entrepreneurship, out of my corporate life. But I'm going to tell you I did it because I was setting up streams of income and I knew exactly what I needed to make and I knew that I had to um, prove to myself really that I could bring in that money. So that is my biggest tip for you. Do not leave blind. Do not quit with like a little bit of a nest egg or a savings. You need to know that you can make money. You have to know that you can rely on yourself and be successful in that way. So that's part one. Part two is really surrounding yourself with as many women as you can who are doing it. So get involved with Facebook communities. That was a saving grace for me when I was leaving MTV because all my friends that I grew up with were like just living the normal, quote, normal life. They were living the status quo. They were getting jobs. They were getting married, having babies and buying houses. That was like, it was like rinse and repeat. I didn't see women out there who were doing it. I wasn't surrounded by these big dreamers who were creating these really, you know, amazing, incredible lives for themselves. So I had to find them. And I found a lot of people through not only Facebook groups, but coaching workshops. I did a lot of group coaching uh, workshops and all sorts of things like master classes. I would go to events. I would, you know, just get involved in that community. And if you guys are listening and you are doing the side hustle and you want to leave, I am launching my next masterclass on December 13th, so we're just about two weeks out. It is called Passionistas Who Profit. I'm going to be walking you guys through all this stuff. So go to passionistaswhoprofit.com. I talked about this a few episodes ago. If you haven't listened to that episode also, please go listen to it. It's all about side hustling, and I'm giving you tons and tons of tips on how to turn your side hustle into your full-time job. I want to say, I'm going to look right now, actually, because it's episode, I think it's like episode 118 or something. Hang on. I'm pulling it up live on the air. <laughs> it is episode 119, How to Slay Your Side Hustle and Kiss Your 9 to 5 Goodbye. And I'm talking all about my journey with this. I know this is a big topic that's really important to you guys. So that masterclass is starting. I've decided to keep this group even smaller. So it's going to be 20 women only. I will be coaching you live on a total of three calls. We're going to also have a Facebook group going. Again, I can't stress enough the importance of community. When you see someone else who's done it, suddenly it becomes possible, right? When you see someone else who's done it, it's proof. That woman has paved the way. It is proof that you can actually do it too. So please keep that in mind. You know, it is possible. Just get a game plan in place and then get an amazing community to support you who want to see you win, who have won themselves, who want to keep winning, and who want to bring you along for the ride. All right, ladies, that is all we have time for today. I hope that this episode was super helpful. 
Thank you as always for listening. Please go check out our girl, Michelle Russo. Thank you, Michelle, for sponsoring the episode. She's at thedimeseries.com. I want to wish you ladies a fabulous weekend, and I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, cheers.